When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I live, breathe, and eat football. Me love football. <laughs> Me think football great. The Rich Eisen Show. You're that team nobody really wants to face. I mean, I had Michael Irvin on earlier, Fred Warner. I said, let's be honest, the Niners are the team you, the last team that you'd wanted to face, right? And he said, yes. <laughs> it sounds flattering. Earlier on the show, NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport, CBS broadcaster, and the voice of the Brooklyn Nets, Ian Eagle. Coming up, New York Post sports columnist Ian O'Connor. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. And hour number two, in case you're just joining us, we are going to change the game. And by that, I mean uh, Ian Eagle called into the program. He's calling Bills Patriots. It's going to be quite freezing. And we suggested maybe Kurt Warner should send him the famed shiny puffy jacket that trended. Oh yeah. Uh, we, we're, there's you, you tweeted about it, right? Oh yeah. Pictures I texted Kurt about it. Rich I, I, there's going to be breaking news about it coming in about 15 minutes. Time. Whoa. So like, oh. Okay. Just uh, <laughs> we're 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 on top of the most important stories. Of course. You know <laughs> no other shows are doing this. Rich. The stories that matter to the people. Now this guest that's joining us next is the one who kind of sparked our guest list of today because I wanted to reach out to him the minute Joe Judge was fired and we reached out to him. And then I just knew that there'd be other coach conversations, so Ian Rappaport. And then I'm like, get Iron Eagle, just so we got an <laughs> Ian and an Ian and then everybody on the show is a guest list. This is the same name. And they also give us some very high-quality information, uh, including uh, this New York Post columnist and uh, a writer of many bestsellers, uh, his next book coming out, Perfect Timing, called Coach K, The Rise and Reign of Mike Krzyzewski. And you can pre-order that where all books are acquired. Ian O'Connor of the New York Post joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Ian? Hey, Rich. Good to be with you. How uh, good, are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right. So um, John Mara is chatting with the media right now. Um, and um, he is saying it was gut-wrenching to fire... Joe Judge, uh, I saw your piece in the New York Post in which you said that what uh, Mara and Steve Tisch did uh, by firing Joe Judge needed to be done. Why did you have that stance? Yeah. Well, I actually, just, I just got off the Zoom call with John Mara. I was okay. a surprised, Rich, that the back-to-back quarterback sneaks uh, in the final game, of course, which reminded those of us old enough of the Joe Pizarczyk, the famous fumble in 1978, which yeah. marked a very dark period in Giants history. He said that was just a minor factor in the decision. And and so I think the, the post-game press conference, the 11-minute manifesto from the podium after the Chicago game, that was a factor. But it was more that once they lost their quarterback, the operation just completely unraveled. And he said, John Mara said, I thought that we had dug ourselves such a hole that there was no way out. And so if he's being honest, it was really a culmination of what happened really after Daniel Jones got hurt and they didn't have a viable backup quarterback and the entire franchise and operation just came undone. 
And, and that was the reason. I, I really believe that he was – John Mara has always been a guy who looks for reasons to keep people, not fire them. And I still think Sunday he was looking for a reason to retain Joe Judge for year three. So my personal opinion is that back-to-back quarterback sneak sequence yeah. had more to do with it than maybe John led on today. I, 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 that, that's what caused me to, to come to this microphone in this chair um, on Monday – um, Ian and say essentially what you had, were writing in the in 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 the New York Post. I, I've never seen that before. It's a surrender formation. You know, it's the exact opposite of victory formation. It's a surrender formation, and a professional football team should have a play, regardless of who is at quarterback or anywhere else on the field, that can convert a third down, regardless of where you are on the field. Certainly in a three nothing game. Certainly against a a team in your division, certainly a team in your division that you bizarrely called out, you know, from the podium. That, to me, is just like, how does that happen? And I saw that and I thought to myself, how does this guy stay? That's the way I went with it. Uh, that, that's exactly the way I went with it too, Rich. And if you recall, the Giants started a Super Bowl run from the one-yard line on that Victor Cruz Christmas Eve 99-yard touchdown. So you can play football backed up against your own end zone. The Giants proved that 10 years ago when they won their last title. <laughs> and so, yeah, the surrender, not only was it uh, got off on, at the end of a 4-13 and season in five miserable years, seven double-figure lost seasons in the last eight, but here's a coach who, is, in his introductory press conference, said, every play under me will have a life of its own. We are going to attack every play with relentless spirit and be – and I remember having a conversation with him on the phone where I brought up the fact that obviously he's a, a disciple of Belichick and Saban, and he, he turned the conversation away from those two figures toward Parcells and Coughlin and said, I want to be associated with those two people for two reasons. They won championships with the Giants. That's what I want to do. And the physicality of their teams in, in December, weatherproof football teams, that, that matches up with the ethos of the New York, New Jersey region. And I want to put that product on the field. And then he did that on Sunday to those people, the 30,000, 40,000 who showed up, and to those who were watching. That, to me, was unforgivable. He could not coach another second for the New York Giants after he did that. Ian O'Connor, the New York Post here on the Rich Eisen Show. So then what is the issue? What can you put your finger on? Because, again, um, John Mara's dad's nickname is on the football I mean, he's been around. He's as football of a football man as there is. He is also involved in the competition committee and a very influential owner in the National Football League. And the fact that his franchise, and I know half of it belongs to Steve Tisch as well, is sputtering like this. After uh, Joe Judge comes uh, after Pat Shermer, who came after Ben McAdoo, who was allowed to bench Eli and smash that record-setting streak of consecutive starts in favor of a jet quarterback who the city had a front row seat for his mediocrity for years that was allowed to happen what is the issue with the giants you know well if you if you go back 10 years john marrow is considered one of the best owners in the nfl they had won two championships in five years and and so he was asked this question today is it a fundamental breakdown inside the organization as far as evaluating personnel or is it a disconnected series of bad decisions and he said all of the above 
what I'll say is this. He was a good owner when he had a good GM, a good head coach, and a good quarterback. Now he had a terrible GM who's now gone, a terrible coach who's now gone, and an injured quarterback that we're not sure about. So I think you tie it back to the 2018 draft and hanging on to Eli Manning too long. Those, those things are very connected. If Dave Gettleman takes Josh Allen at number two instead of Saquon Barkley, we're probably not having this discussion. The Giants, to me, I'm not saying they would have developed Josh Allen the way the Bills did, but they might be the sixth seed in, in, in the tournament today instead of a complete wasteland. So hanging on to Eli too long, not drafting the right quarterback in 2018, taking a running back there at number two, and then, and then Daniel Jones, I, I think he's got a lot of physical talent, but – he doesn't stay on the field, and as you know, Rich, that's the most important talent for any quarterback to have. Availability, Tom Brady is the master of that, and Eli Manning, of course, was as well. So uh, that's why the Giants are where they are. No, I know, I know, uh, you know, the, the, I guess, road to, what, perdition, <laughs> you know, but uh, what about, you know, the, the question and answer that was asked of John Mara about, at the center of all this, because there is a general manager, you know, that's going to have to be hired. And Dave Gettleman was the one who made those decisions. And that was the decision of John Mara to make. And 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 all of the coaches that have, have been here, um, it, it's been positively dreadful, as we all know. What about uh, is there going to be a change within the organization from Mara and everything else on the way they've done everything? What was gleaned out of that conversation? Uh, the change is that they're going outside the family for a general manager for the first time in forever. You go back to George Young, Ernie Accorsi, Jerry Reese, Dave Gettleman, that, that's all in the family. Right. They were all giants, lifers, basically, starting with uh, Accorsi after George Young, who was put in, of course, by Pete Rosell. So they're now going to hire a general manager outside the organization. That's going to be the big change and then allow that person to make the head coaching hire. Kevin Abrams who's been in that uh, giant franchise for more than 20 years, he was groomed to be the next in, in line in the succession of, of Giants executives to take over. They're not even giving him an interview. So, so that is the change. Uh, the Mara family will still be there. Uh, John said today, the GM and head coach will always make the decisions. I'll give the final okay. 99.9% of the time, unless there's an off-the-field conduct issue, I will approve mm-hmm. as long as the GM and head coach are in agreement. And so, so that's the change. They're finally going to hire a general manager from another organization, probably with zero ties to the Giants, and see how it plays out from there. Yeah, and then and then that guy will really just dis- or or lady decide who the the coach is. Like that's it, and then and then we'll play it like that, right? That's the way it's going to go. Yeah, and then make All the right. decision too on the quarterback. Yeah, what's and, the scoop there? What do you think? I mean, obviously he's he's under contract. They're going to use him next year if he's healthy. He's cleared what in August for contact. That's a serious neck injury the guy had this year. It is a serious neck injury, and you know, frankly, I've written this. So, I if if Russell Wilson is available, and he may not be, I, I would pursue that. I think the Giants have to pursue that. Uh, they have two top ten draft picks. Yep. So they have draft capital. They don't have salary cap space. So the new GM is going to have to be awfully creative as far as making something like that work. I, I do think Daniel Jones has the athleticism, the size, and the arm to be a good NFL quarterback, but he just hasn't been able to stay healthy and put all of that together. And he doesn't seem to elevate people around him. He's had a bad roster, but nobody seems to get better around Daniel Jones. So 
that's a bit of a problem. And uh, my guess is, Rich, that the new GM would, will come in and, and give Daniel Jones next year and then make his or her determination on the quarterback long term. And what, do you, what are you thinking about coaches? What are you hearing? I know you, you, you're, I know that the general manager has to decide, but this is, right. a, this is, a, this is a gig that, um, you know, uh, everybody keeps saying, I don't know if he'd want to do it. You just throw a blank check at Bill Cowher and go for it. You know, um, or somebody, somebody who's been there and done a huge splash, but also somebody who knows the league and somebody outside the family, you know, like that's the idea too. Right. So what do you think? I think if I had to place $20 on it today, I'd mm-hmm. probably bet on Joe Shane as the general manager and Brian uh, Dable as the head coach. But I, okay. I think Brian Flores should be the head coach. Okay. Uh, I like him a lot. I think he was, what, 24 and 25 in three years in Miami with quarterbacks who aren't as physically talented as Daniel Jones. He beat Belichick four times in three years. Uh, The relationship situation down there with the general manager and ownership, I I don't cover the Dolphins, so I don't know what happened there, what went wrong. But I think Brian Flores is a really good candidate. I'm not sure the Giants are going to hire him. And, of course, it comes down to what the general manager prefers. Another person to watch here mm-hmm. would be in Baltimore, uh, Joe Ortiz. Uh, he is very well regarded. And even though he was the ninth general manager candidate ID'd as, as far as getting an interview, I think he could be a serious player in this. To me, Shane is probably the guy to beat, but Ortiz could, could be a serious factor here. A lot of people, he comes out of a great organization when it comes to evaluating personnel, Ozzie Newsom, DaCosta, those guys are great. So uh, he could be a, a major factor as well. What's your take on what's going on with the Nets? Just switching gears a little bit here. What, what's your take on their their reversal of uh, half of Kyrie's better than no Kyrie? <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> I thought they sold a piece of their soul. I understand their their rationale. I I just listen. I gave them a lot of credit for taking the initial stand that they took. And, and then to kind of just throw it all away, I, I, I didn't like it. Kyrie Irving is, is a fabulous point guard. And watching him play is, is actually a treat. Oh, it, it is. is. Uh, I remember talking to Bob Cousy about him. Bob Cousy said he's one of the five best point guards he's ever seen as far as running a team. And so it is fun to watch, but I don't think it was fun to see how the Nets played that out. And, and I don't wish him any will, of course, but I would not have made that move. And I guess last one for you here, your, uh, your um, new book's coming out, right, on Krzyzewski? Yeah, um, what, yeah. So uh, w- walk me through how long you've been, you've been on the trail. with. Yeah, Coach and K. you were kind enough to have me on, Rich, for my Belgian book. I yes. really appreciated that. Of course. Uh, so it was a similar process. The, the difference was uh, Bill Belichick was sort of lobbying people not to talk to me. <laughs> Coach K hasn't done that. And so I, I appreciate that. He hasn't created those kinds of obstacles. And so it's talking to hundreds of people about a great American life and leader. And, and uh, I didn't know when I started the process, of course, that he was going to announce this would be his final season. So uh-huh. I guess I'm glad he didn't end it uh-huh. after last season. Uh, very glad. But I, I think they're good enough to win the whole thing. I think uh, I'm hoping this is the most definitive, honest, accurate and fair account of his life that's my plan that's my hope and i guess i'll leave it up to the readers to decide yeah because i guess that that would be next up on the national media hit parade once the nfl season is concluded it's the final six weeks of coach k's 
coaching career and what Duke might be able to do with it by putting him on a, a ladder with a pair of scissors, right? I mean, like, that's... <laughs> hey, just like John Wooden at the end. Uh, so it, it would be fitting for him to go out with number six, no question about it. And, and the good news is they're good enough to do it. I don't know if they're the best team. I think Baylor probably is, but I saw them live against Kentucky. I've watched them on TV. They, they are good enough to win the whole thing. Bancaro's unbelievable. Uh, so it would be a hell of a story for them to to actually pull that off. And then how about you talk about a story, right? I mean, what if? And this was real. And this was real a few weeks ago. And we're, you know, Mac Jones's uh, final four games certainly has put. Uh, a damper on things, but New England getting back in the playoffs with the quarterback that Belichick drafted, specifically with in mind to turn the Brady page, that is truly something. What do you think's going through his brain this week? You know, well, first, yeah, first of all, Rich, I think it's it's really good for football and, and and the NFL for him to be back in the in the tournament with with another quarterback. I think it's a really cool thing. I'm fascinated to watch how this is going to work, if they're going to be able to advance. And, no, I, I do know that there, there's a number of years, and he told people, I had this in my book, that he was as great as much as he respected Tom Brady and understood everything Brady did for Bill's legacy, that he did at some point look forward to the day where he had another quarterback to try to win with that player. Well, now he has that player. And so I, I think he'll he'll be coaching for another four or five years into his 70s. He originally said he wouldn't do that. But he's a, he's a young man sure is. for his age. He's, he's you know, 10, 15 years younger than his age, the way he acts and carries himself. So I would be surprised if he's not still coaching Mac Jones five years from now. I mean, I don't know if you can go deep into your notes, your, just your mental uh, you know, uh, notes of, uh, of your you know, interviews about Belichick. Did you ever find out uh, at any point in time what a New Year's resolution was for him? Because we tried <laughs> a couple times, somebody tried a couple times and weren't able to get it from him. Did you see that? Uh, I, did you see that yeah, one? I did. I did. After, I not- after he loses to the Bills? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, I do give that reporter, as Tom Brady did, a lot of credit for having the nerve to ask that question after a loss. And oh I, I thought, you know, I was a little disappointed when she asked a second time. She did. That he, I thought he'd give that answer. Come on, Bill. just Because he said answer. maybe next week, and then she did, in fact, return. Right. You know, right. but... That, that's when I thought, come on, give the answer. Now, he did He did smile. He did smile, so, so you give him that. But that would have been a great opportunity for him to to show something there. So I was a little disappointed he didn't come through with an answer. Yeah, and I today, I don't know, you, you might have been, been in that Zoom with John Mara. Uh, Bill showed up today with a cut-off sweatshirt that, uh, that looks like it's a Top Gun sweatshirt. I don't know. It says, it says Danger Zone on it. Um, Ian, I don't know. Did you get anything from his history? Was he a big Top Gun fan? Do you know anything about that? Well, I, I don't remember that. I don't remember yeah. hearing that. Obviously, okay. he's a big Naval Academy guy. His yeah. father spent so many years at the Naval Academy, and he loves that place. Okay. So there and you go. So so maybe there's the uh, connection there. Okay. Was his father's nickname Goose? I don't know. I mean, it could be. I, 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 I love and I guess last one for you here. Uh, in your When you're writing about Krzyzewski, do you just have his name um, for you to just cut and paste when you're writing? You don't, you don't write it out every single time, right? I do, but you know what? It is the easiest name in the world to misspell, right? That third yes. letter gets everybody. They want to go to the Y. They don't want to go to that Z after the KR. Right. And so I'll, I'll say this. Every time I wrote it, how many times I wrote it in the book is about 160,000 yeah. words, something like that. I, I looked at it 
five times every time. Just to make sure. I mean, I would just have it on, on that cut and paste thing and just hit, you know, what, the uh, the the alt, C, you know, P button and just paste it in. I wouldn't. Oh, I so. I, I, you wrote it every time? Boom, boom, boom. I did. I did. And uh, I didn't know I had that function. So I'm, I'm, I'm old school. Do you know but... how to spell it right now? Like if I asked you how to spell it, you could knew it? Oh, yeah. Pressure on? Yeah. Okay. K R Z Y Z E W S K I. Nice I mean, now it's easy. I, I, You're done. Okay. It's, so. like an, it's like an eye chart. My gosh. Well done, Ian O'Connor. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it. Thanks again. Let's no, do this down the line. Take care. You got it. Everyone should pre-order that book right now um, that Ian O'Connor is writing on Mike Krzyzewski, where all books are sold. So, Coach K. I mean, Coach K. Easy That's it. Do it yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, we're calling an audible here. Um, he just said, okay, I've been asking him all morning. Um, I, I'm going to, I don't know if I should tease it or not, but he said, okay, let me just uh, say. Okay to calling in? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You don't need to tease it. Let's just go to break. No, no, no. It's a different, it's a different ball of wax. Um, a teasable moment? Uh, it, I'll just say it. it he, he says, okay, I think we're going to get Jeff Ross calling in. Oh, Talk about Bobby Sags. Oh, wow. Okay. Let's see if we can do that. If not, then we'll just take your phone calls. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Don't go anywhere. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH, number to dial back here on the Rich Eisen Show. I do this way too often with this man. He, did, he was kind enough to call in after the passing of Norm MacDonald and... Uh, I love this guy like a brother, one of the sweetest men on the planet, just like Bob Saget. He's the roast master general here to call into the show to talk about the passing of Bob. 
He is the great Jeffrey Ross. How are you, Jeffrey? Oh, you know, I'm doing as best as possible, my friend. Doing as best as possible. I know. And a lot I, of late nights, a lot of crying. I bet. You know, and I, that's why I reached out. I, I'll be honest with you. As, as always, so many great ideas that, that uh, they start with Susie, my wife, you know, Suze. And she's just like, you should reach out to Jeffrey. Maybe he wants to talk about him. Maybe that would be helpful, therapeutic or whatever. You should have him on. And that's when I, I texted you. I'm like, okay. So I, I didn't want to bother, but I just figured maybe you wanted to talk about Bob and yeah, I'll give you, know, you the floor, you know? Thanks, homie. Um, it took a few days for me to even gather my thoughts because it's like losing a brother and I never had another brother. And, and, and he really, he provided this incredible safety net in my life. Bob was, Bob was an expert on comedy, but also life and death and taxes <laughs> and 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 you know if you needed a doctor you needed a lawyer you called bob and and if you needed advice or you needed a pastrami sandwich after a breakup in the middle of the night uh he came and he did that and to not have him is going to be really it's going to be awful it really is when and just... he would he would have loved the outpouring mm. he would have loved this <sighs> when did you first meet him jeffrey when did you first you know, meet bob you know it's a little vague because i i can we always try to remember and it was probably passing in the hallways at the comedy clubs but i think it was the aristocrats movie that really brought us together. The documentary probably made about 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and it had a lot of funny comedians uh, doing the same dirty joke. And Bob had the dirtiest version of this old aristocrats joke. And for whatever reason, him and I were sitting next to each other at the premiere in New York. <laughs> and uh, we would just start heckling uh uh, our friend Robin Bronk from the Creative Coalition, and he'd whisper things in my ear to say that he was too afraid to say, or, or I would whisper things in his ear, and we'd start being this funny little uh, heckling, like the two old guys from The Muppet Show, you know? And the whole movie was dirty, so we were dirty heckling, and and we really came together as as comedians and uh, first, and as I got to know the guy, you know, it's interesting. He was this global TV star, mm -hmm. but he passed away in a hotel room by himself on the road like a true comic, mm. um, which, you know, it sounds sad as you say it, but if you think about it, it's probably how a lot of entertainers, including myself, might want to go. Mm. He, he did a two-hour show, standing O. I mean, who the hell does a two-hour show? But Bob, Bob loved to talk. And when he had a great crowd and, you know, these these pandemic era crowds are just the best of my career. And Bob was feeling that, too. We talked about it. People were so grateful to have live entertainment. When you take it something away, then you bring it back. They really appreciate it. And he delivered this amazing performance. And then he got in his car and he drove another couple hours to his next gig for the next day. And. He called Kelly and he, he posted about his show and he just died. He just died right there in that bed, tucked in with the lights out. Hopefully he didn't suffer too much. Um, somebody had to knock this 
Betty White off the internet. Finally. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> so You're too much. This no good punk Betty White had to be taken <laughs> off the internet. <laughs> Roastmaster General Jeffrey Ross here on the Rich Eisen Show. So let's talk about the Saget Roast. Um, some great moments from that that I've been going down like a YouTube wormhole over the last few days. What was that like, Jeffrey? The you said roast. the roast. I didn't hear. Yeah, that. yeah, the Saget roast from back in the you day. You know, I, I, I've been I've been at Bob's house the last couple of nights. Um, uh, you know, with his fan, with his wife, and and the full house cast, and and John Mayer, and uh, and our friend Mike Binder, mm-hmm. and and it's interesting to see, um, all the people that he worked with over the years, and and just being in the. And they're still laughing about, you know, all the millions of shows they did together. And I was really distraught. I was really sad. And I drove home two nights ago about midnight. And my cousin Ed was here at my house waiting on me, taking care of my pup. And he had the Bob Saget roast all queued up on a projector in my living room. So we were giant life-size Bob Saget was sitting on his throne in my living room when I came home Mm -hmm. and it was great. You know, um, it was like watching, you know, the thing about that roast, Rich, which I know you'll appreciate was it wasn't all just like a celebrity roast. It was a comedy roast. He had comedians around him, John Lovitz and Jeff Garland and Susie Essman and me. And, and he had his best friend, John Stamos as the roast master. And I walked in just as Chorus Leachman walked on stage and said, I'm not here to roast Bob Saget. I'm here to bump a bunch on Stamos. And the whole crowd went crazy. And, uh, you know, she was sexy and funny. And a lot of the jokes probably wouldn't fly today. And she said, uh, she looked around the day and she really was the, the shining star of the show. It was all comics, Gilbert Gottfried and me. And, and, and Chorus Leachman she smacked herself in the head and said, somebody hit me in the head so I could see some stars. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I remember Norm MacDonald um, yeah. um, and, and Cloris, you know, Norm did that wonderful set where he did these like corny, corny jokes and Bob is just dying, right. dying. And, you know, you look at Bob, whether he was a 19-year-old on the Rodney Dangerfield HBO specials or a 65-year-old running around uh, 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 the comedy uh, circuit, he really kind of looked the same. Like, I'm aging at rapid speed, but somehow Bob, <laughs> who, you know, loved his, uh, his uh, martinis and cigars, looked great his entire life. Like, mm. it's just unimaginable that you wouldn't just see that guy laughing, mm. that laugh. And uh, one of my favorite jokes in that roast was um, um, at the end of my set, you know, Bob, Bob, the aristocrats was still kind of riding high in the, in the cultural uh, zeitgeist. And Bob was really embracing his dirty daddy persona. He was being uh, super hilarious and in his stand-up, and he just released a special where he was pretty raunchy. Um, and I said, you know, Bob, if you noticed, I didn't curse once during my show tonight. I didn't want to compete with the master, but 
I would like to leave you, uh, you know, in the honor in honor of the late great George Carlin, who had just passed away. I said I'd like to leave you all with another seven words you'll never hear on television. <laughs> and the Emmy goes to Bob Saget. <laughs> <laughs> and he fell out of his chair laughing. And at, we had this running joke, Rich. We had this running joke uh, for years that he was going to prove me wrong, that he was going to win at Emmy. And, um, you know, I always hoped he would prove me wrong. And all I can hope is that somehow, you know, he gets that Emmy in the sky somehow. Because uh, he really was uh, the most wonderful, talented. He loved comedians. He loved people. He respected people. Um, you know, I saw a lot of my uh, female colleagues talking about how much he respected women and loved working with women. And I go to his house and, you know, Jody and, and Candace and Lori and all the, the girls, the, the twins, they all just love him so much. He took this fake TV family and he made it his real family. He did. He did, and he had a beautiful family on his own, and my wife loved Bob Saget. She is so brokenhearted right now, Jeffrey, and because she met him first before meeting me, and you know, and in just his sweetness, his niceness, his love of people and making them laugh. But the thing I want to point out here, you, you haven't seen, we have this photograph of you and Bob together that we've shown a couple times and I want to show it one more time. It's in front of the drop and uh, the step and repeat drop behind you and it has the Scleroderma Research Foundation symbol on it because that's right. what he was really all about too because his sister died of this awful disease called Scleroderma and right. and he would get you and I mean name it. And he, he would call people up and say oh, I need you. I need you here and what can you give me to auction off you know, what can you give me? What can I get? What can what can what can we do to raise money? And you come here and do a set in front of like, you know, 400 people in a, in a ballroom and everyone would come because it was Bob asking, you know, and he never asked for anything Ever. other than that. Correct. That was the ask. And I don't care if you were Robin Williams. I don't care if you're, you know, the biggest star on the planet. He had Josh Groban. He had John Mayer. He had Jimmy Kimmel. You know, he had his buddies like us do those auctions. And I always said, like, you didn't really ever know Bob until you saw him host one of those scleroderma shows, right. because that's when it all came out. That's when you saw this vulnerable mensch with crying in front of his friends and family about his sister. And, you know, I'm not even superstitious, Rich, but um, Bob's daughter, Aubrey, was telling me, um, you know, Bob had two sisters who passed away young, and um, both tragically, one, only one from scleroderma and one uh, another way. And interestingly enough, um, um, that Bob and, and his sister that passed away from scleroderma both died on the same day which happened to be the first sister's birthday. Mm. The whole thing had this strange cosmic wow. flip to it. In Bob's life, he experienced way too much tragedy. And somehow his, his daughters, they kind of have this sunny disposition and they have this sense of humor. 
uh, and they're great laughers. And Bob would always bring his daughters to the comedy store or the comedy cellar in New York. And they have that, you know, they, they're, they have that smile and that, that, that sagatism, uh, sense of humor. And, and I think he imparted it on a lot of us too. Like you said, I heard you say earlier how you felt comfortable doing, um, um, at midnight standing next to him. He yeah. really did help me relax. He was everybody's rabbi. Yeah. 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 I felt that. I felt that. What do you think he and Rickles are doing right now? Hmm. <laughs> Complaining. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it me? Why is it me? Why? Bob, of all the people that could come up here, it had to be you. <laughs> I'm not done roasting uh, Betty White yet, and now you're here. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> it's great, right? I love you, Jeffrey Ross. I know what Bob's doing. He's at, he's at the Pearly Gates name dropping. <laughs> <laughs> He's tipping the valet. I know that. I love you, Jeffrey Ross. We'll chat in the next couple of days, brother. Thanks Reggie, for doing I this. I love your tribute. I love you so much. Thank buddy. you. And thank you for, you know, keeping his memory. So just always, always, you, always take care. Right. You be well. That's Bye. Jeffrey Ross, the roast master general. He's just the best man. Somebody had to knock Betty White off the page. That punk Betty White. White, (laughs) Says Jeffrey Ross. And that was a clean version of what he I know. (laughs) Tweeted out Uh, here. That's a great Cloris Leachman line. Somebody hit me on the head so I can see some stars. (laughs) I'm just I'm just here to bleep John Stamos. Stamos. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Keep laughing from crying. Uh, We'll take a break, finish up the show with some phone calls, set up the rest of the week. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O-O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. 
Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. (laughs) Back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Hey, Joe Montana, cool under pressure. Check it out right here on Peacock. It tells the story of, yes, Joe Cool. Joe Montana, six-part documentary series now. Streaming now exclusively on Peacock. Go to PeacockTV.com to sign up. I uh, I saw it. It's pretty good. I fast forwarded through the Notre Dame part. Still get you. Still get you. Still get all the the good stuff. <laughs> wow. I, I watched Rudy again. Brockman, Twice in a week. Rich. Is, is, oh my god. Is Joe Montana still? Spoiler alert. He makes the sack. Whatever. Brockman is Montana still not on like, your? What's, uh, what what's what's Mount less? Rushmore? What's less? No, does stop it. Don't bring that up. I, I, let's promote the. Let's promote it. Let's let's carp on Notre Dame. Prefer to do that. You were saying what's less, and you stopped. No, Richard. you know what, what, what? What's less impressive? Rudy against the the uh, sacking somebody against the 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 fifth stringers, or uh, Dak thrown for five touchdowns against the uh, third stringers of the Eagles last week. I'm a big Charles Dutton guy. I, mean, I like thrown Dutton for four against the starters. So okay, mm-hmm. okay. Andrew in Washington's been holding on for almost two hours here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Andrew? Hey, Rich and the guys. How are y'all? Thanks for hanging Andrew, on. Appreciate up? that. What up, though? Hey, no problem. It's hard to, to follow the old grand roast master. Yeah, it's Rob, all good. Bob Saget. What's on your mind? Um, well, at least you're on hold with an interesting conversation, hopefully, to keep you on hold. So that's good. Oh, yeah. Great interview today. I think because I'm on today, I need to be – my name needs to be I, Andrew. Or no, you Andrew. it's okay. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, you're exempt. And, uh, hey, TJ, nice blacked out Jordan today. Don't know, but are you ready for the uh, Jordan Retro 4 Crimson drop in just a few days? Yeah, I don't have my hopes up. You know, I, 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 it's hard to get these things, man. Well, walk so. me through. Hold on a minute. What's, what's, what's going on? Well, there's an app. Uh, it's called a sneakers app. Sneakers and, app. And you go to this app whenever Nike does a drop, and then you just have to fight against a million people and two million bots to try to... <laughs> Obtain these sneakers. Oh, is that right? It's, it's oh, man. It's brutal. usually you hear this. Is that, yeah. is yeah. that right? Yeah, you know. Oh, okay. So, what, yeah. what else is on your mind? Well, you know, just to kind of bring it back to the sports aspect, I know after the Go. last interview, but do it. Um, Go, I just, please. I just had some coaching carousel questions for you. Go for it. Um, you brought up Matt Rule. I think he's an excellent coach, excellent person. I think he'll do great in Carolina. Maybe just need to reset an actual quarterback. I mean, the Cam Newton experiment, that's what it was, was an experiment. Other than that, what is your uh, opinion on the what's the best opening right now? Huh. Best opening right now. Um, man, there's so much. You know, and I was going to do this the last segment with all that real estate, but I, I did get a, um, a text from Jeff Ross saying, let's do it. Um, I'm going to go deeper into this tomorrow. But right now, I mean, because there's so much that goes on from ownership to is a quarterback there already? Do you have to uh, mold your uh, concept of success to another general manager that's already there? Um, 
because there's so many pluses and minuses. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I don't have – because I, I, I would lean towards Jacksonville because they've got the best quarterback, but – uh, you know, unless you're 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 willing to mold yourself to whatever Trent Balky wants to do, because he's sitting there. And the crazy thing is, he just joined the organization in a year. So I, I would want to have a situation where I I like the owner and I love the quarterback, and I can bring in my own personnel person and set the stage. So, and I don't know if that exists right now. I, I be, you know Denver, but their ownership is changing. Thanks the Ra- the, the Raiders interesting have the best chat. Thank you for the call, huh? The Raiders have the best quarterback, but the job may not be open. But it's still an open job, right? If they get blown out by the by Cincinnati, I they, mean, they the Raiders are the coach. the only playoff team looking for a coach. Yeah, yeah that that would be it. Obviously, Vegas and new again, stadium, and but again, the personnel guy is going to remain in place. I don't know about that. I don't know that, uh, but I trust Mike immensely in terms of his skills to change a culture and pick the players. You know, honestly, honestly, look at Russell Wilson. I mean, the Giants would be the number one spot. That I get. Who else do you have? There's nothing else there. It's terrible. Your wide receivers are talented. You just, they are. I mean, you don't think Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony are talented? If I'm not mistaken, I know they didn't catch a touchdown pass, but the guy who caught the touchdown pass from Tom Kennedy for the Lions had more touchdown catches than Kenny Galladay this year. I know. Uh, did he score? No, I, I think they had zero. I mean, you spent all that money on a guy who doesn't score? And a first round pick didn't score. You know, obviously, you could say you got Galladay, you got Tony, you got, you know, Saquon, Shepard. Evan Ingram, you got, you got some good players. I need more time to think about this. We got a whole bunch of real estate tomorrow. And whoever gets to Sean Watson. I I don't know what's going on with him at all. I don't I mean, think I'm you sure can count on him at I'm all. I'm sure he's going to play next year. Why? What do you mean, why? Why not? He just sat out a whole year. That's a quasi-suspension. Yeah, but he still has to clear his docket. When's that going to happen? When's that going to happen? What if there are some people who, who won't settle? Or he's the one who doesn't want to settle because the terms are something he doesn't want to do. I would be shocked if he set out another season. Wouldn't you? I was shocked he set out this one. I was shocked he set out this one, Chris. Yeah. You know, you can't say anything's for certain in this league. Ever. Everyone's like, well, Deshaun Watson's going to get traded. You know, yeah, the Texans would be willing to trade him now. Who's willing to take him on? When's he going to clear that docket? How has this thing not been cleared up yet? I have no idea. Why hasn't it been cleared up yet? I think the why is the is the big question. Mike in Brooklyn, New York. What's up, Mike? Hey, Rich, what's up? Uh, I love your uh, quote that pretty much summed up the Colts season. The the Colts would have left from the team nobody wanted to see in the playoffs. To the, the one that we're not going to see in the playoffs? Pretty much. Priceless. The, I love it. The, no, I, look, <laughs> and, and when I tweeted that out, I know people are like, what a burn. Oh, snap. I wasn't trying to be, you know, trolling or anything like that. I, I, I it, They went from – that, the reason why I said that was not to, you know – burn the Colts like that's not what I do oh, for a living maybe, yeah, maybe not but they deserve it they deserve everything that I like the Jacksonville Jaguars uh getting them uh, it's a hot knock life and they put up something like uh 
Hard Knocks, the final, uh, season finale or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. I, I, I hear you. What's on your mind? So, yeah, this is my take. You're plugged into the NFL, so, you know, this is my assessment of it. I, I like Chris Ballard. He's, I think he could be should. a great GM. He's got talent on the team. Yes. You know, they, they put talent. Frank Reich, I think, could be a great head coach. Uh, he's got a lot of issues that he's got to address, uh, game management and other things. But one thing about Frank Reich is he is a great quarterback coach. I think everybody in the NFL would yeah. say he might be the best. And every quarterback that he's worked with, you know, Jacoby Brissett, Rivers, Poles, Wentz, he's gotten the best out of them. The problem is with Carson Wentz, he's hit his ceiling on it. This is this Carson Wentz is who he is. He's not going to get any better. This is it. He has major flaws. He's slightly better than Jacoby Brissett, but he has the same problems that Brissett has. He has flaws in his game. He's indecisive. He's a horrible decision maker. Nuances to the pass. He doesn't throw with accuracy. He doesn't throw with anticipation. He's not going to get any better than he is right now. This well, is, I get it. And, and, right. It. And then we will see, you know, um, what the Colts will do. I, I and, and I appreciate the call. Thank you for the call. Call back. I, yeah. I bet you Wentz is going to be back. Everyone, you know, Wentz is going to be back. Baker's going to be back. Daniel Jones is going to be back. The one who might not be back, I mean, I shouldn't say that because they're going to be handful. But Jimmy G, that's going to be an interesting one right there. And another quarterback situation that nobody's talking about yet because we're still living in the present because of what the past has meant is Big Ben. What are the Steelers going to do at that spot? Because I don't know if they're going to go Kenny Pickett and just say that's the guy. We're going to go local in the first round of a draft to choose a quarterback. Because it's high on my damn agenda. It will be. Hmm. I'd rather have Jimmy G than any any five of those guys. Well, I think he'll be available. But he's got the Dallas Cowboys first. Let's go. We'll talk about that tomorrow and so much more. J.J. Watts on tomorrow's program. You should be too. We'll take you to brother from another on NBC Sports on Peacock.